0: Welcome to the Heart of Dad podcast. Heart of Dad is a podcast for entrepreneurs who are passionate about their families and business and looking to find more clarity, more balance, and more alignment in all areas of their life. Come and join the community at heartofdad.com or on Facebook at groups forward slash heart of dad. This week on Heart of Dad, I'm Viewing Gary Bridgman. Gary is a father to an adult daughter and a stepfather to his ten-year-old stepson. Despite training to be an engineer, Gary has always been more interested in helping others overcome their feeling of being lost and stuck, and lead a happier, more fulfilling life. A winding career path has taken him from the British Royal Air Force to car navigation engineer, EU proposal writer, company owner, life coach, and yoga teacher. His daughter has been his greatest teacher, and her presence, wisdom, and love. Helps him to face anxiety, depression and overcome the pain of losing his own father at nine years old. So this week on Heart of Dad, I'm delighted to introduce Gary Bridgman to the podcast. Hi, Gary. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Gary. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Gary. Oh, that's an expansive
1: question, eh? Where, where do you start with a question like that? <laughs> where am I? <laughs> how, how do I get to here? How do I get to sat in the seat opposite you? Um, oh, well... Uh, I don't know what to say with those kind of things, because everything is, it's like you tell a story about yourself, don't you? So, yeah, I've got a story about myself like everybody else. So I'm uh, 47, I think, 48, I think I'm 47. Yeah, I'm 47. Um, I've had a long, varied career life to get to where I am now. I'm sure we can pick up on some of it. Um, Born in London, lived in the Middle East. Uh, my father was a, an engineer, so I was out there for, for a while, back to the UK. Um, he unfortunately died, then I was um, in the UK, in the Air Force for a bit, um, doing it as an engineering, out of the Air Force, uh, in the car industry at Jaguar Cars, did one of the first navigation systems for cars. Um, did that for a while, then went to Saab in Sweden, lived in Sweden, did Navigation and Saab 93s came back. Uh, did um uh, to look out, yeah, went to Nissan, did navigation in Nissan, um, and then left Nissan, came to Brussels where I am now. Uh, started working on EU um, projects, uh, doing project coordination for quite large size products. Big- biggest project I managed was 20 million in funding. Um well, it's 20 million size, but not 20 million funding. Um, with like 20 partners, and he's just mad mm-hmm. <laughs> across two hemispheres, you know, things like that. Um, and then uh, left that, started my own consultancy company, getting other people funding. wasn't so bad at that. Uh, that unfortunately went bankrupt. That company, which is something we could probably talk about all that. Um, started another company that I won half a million in funding for. Um, did all that. Yeah. I'm a father, obviously. Uh, my daughter's 18. Um, so uh, that, that one's done then. So I'm done with that one. It's it's always a joke I've had with her. It's like, yeah, you're done. You're 18. So (laughs) yeah. Um, so she's, um, she's in the UK. She's just finishing college this year, going to university this year. Uh, very proud of that. She's the first, um, uh, generation to go to university. Um, Despite me always so this is interesting I always used to say to her look you don't have to go to university to to be a success because um, it's not a you know a condition uh, so especially she, she's going and then yeah now i I've, I've got a stepson who's nine uh, and now um, as you know the w- reason we met is that we're kind of in the similar kind of space of, of coaching others um, and now I, I I work as a coach a yoga teacher um, that's about it really i've starting. i've got a couple of other things on the go that i'm kind of playing with a uh, podcast like yourself um, uh, i've got another kind of side business that's kind of in the in the starting ups at the moment as well um, but that's all kind of exploded in the past few um, months this kind of activity i haven't been this productive and this kind of engaged in in working and i have for a long time so that's it in a nutshell
0: a brilliant story. Thanks. Thank Gary. And um yeah, there's so many threads that we could pick on there. Um, but this podcast is primarily around kind of that intersection of personal drive, creativity, work mm-hmm. and being a dad. Mm-hmm. And um I mean I suppose the first thing I'm curious about and others might be curious about is, you know, you're you're in Brussels and your your daughter's in the UK and how, how that's played out for you. Yeah, good question. Um, so
1: when I, my daughter was only four years old when, when I broke up from my wife um, and it was a difficult decision to make to come to Belgium, but I was faced with, I a, a, like, some financial problems at the time. Um, and especially when you get divorced, obviously, you know, that happens, and so um, i 'd committed to to maintaining a certain level of uh, of payment every month to my um, my ex wife and um, I wanted to honor that commitment, so the only way I could do it was was take the the um, the contract in Brussels because the contract in Brussels I was a, a freelancer, and my wage went up substanti- uh, you know, substantially, i can 't say quite a bit in that, uh, because of that jump. Um, so that was the driving decision to take me to Brussels. But it was painful to make that decision because up until that point, I was seeing my daughter every other weekend. Um, and I had to come and see, see her every, uh, well, I was still trying to see her every other weekend when I first came to Brussels. And um yeah i kind of <laughs> i, I it, it was always a source of um of tension between me and my partner at the time The me coming back um i was you know obviously away and my partner was in the uk at the time um so i was coming back being with my partner for a weekend and then also having my daughter for the weekend and that caused that that was a source of tension um but over time it it kind of worked itself out because we ended up spending a lot of time together. We ended up spending a lot of quality time together because I would, um, I would generally have my daughter on her own for a week or two weeks at a time. Um, And we would go and go camping. We would, um, you know, hang out in London, would hang out in Brussels, would go traveling together. Um, And it's some of the most magical moments I remember. It, you know me and her sharing this space and this time together um and I carried a lot of guilt around it for a long time um and a lot of guilt about separating and a lot of guilt about yeah, rightly or wrongly in in today's society still there's this um, idea that men should go out and work and be the breadwinners and um uh, you know and and it's not right it's the same we should it should be equal it should be you know equally I should you know at the moment most of my work is at home so I'm the one that's for example staying around while my stepson is is waiting to come back from school or I'm here when he he's only here on a half day Wednesday so I'm taking that load um and working now but yeah there's just this belief that that the man should be the breadwinner even including in the divorce in in the in the um uh, in the court case you know essentially essentially you're you've got to go and provide so there's there's always this kind of tension between that you know trying to be present as a father and also trying to work lots because i'm trying to earn the money so i can be present as a father um and it's stressful but looking back now it was it was a good time because we spent a lot of time together we spent a lot of quality time together and i'd, I'd much rather have had that kind of block of time than sort of every other weekend um, it was it was nice um and my daughter says the same thing she says mm-hmm. you know it was great we used to have lots of fun together um and uh, we built a relationship that way um but yeah i think just before we start recording i was talking about my arthritis my osteoarthritis my lower back i spent a lot of time in a car <laughs> driving from brussels back to Dossett. In Lincolnshire. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I spent a lot and um I'm sure that didn't do any good. But yeah, it's 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 hard work um being a father and um you know trying to provide there's that male drive to 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 be the to also be the protector at the same time. And I don't think we can deny that part of masculinity exists in us. There's this Part of your your makeup as a man that you want to protect and you want to provide and you want to um, you know make sure people are taken care of and they're safe um, and uh, I think we often forget that, that exists in men and at some level we've got to recognise that exists um, and you've got to be able to um, I'm not going to say feed it but you've got to you've, you've got to be able to take care of it um, in the right way um otherwise it can become destructive destructive i think um and you end up more at work than you are at home because you're in this i've got to be the breadwinner i've got to provide i've got to to do do everything myself
0: have have you seen that play out in your life i mean i think you know i don't want to come back to the other things you said but just on that
1: point yeah yeah. hmm definitely yeah definitely i mean I, i was driven by you know making sure that that I could provide a lifestyle for um, for everybody, yeah? even uh, to the extent that the, one of the reasons I went bankrupt is because of uh, you know to get deep into it, but you know having to provide um, money for um, uh, for my mother's um, my mother as well, and having to provide a lump sum of money for a property problem that she had, and me providing that money, and then not having the money to pay the taxes, so, <laughs> so having to bankrupt the, co- the company. Um, you know and yeah you know kind of driven by that that sense of it's my responsibility to do this mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to to step up and um whether it is or it isn't i don't know but it that,
0: yeah that's, i'm, I'm that's curious right. about it. I, mean, I think i think other men would would resonate with what you said you're not the first mm-hmm. person to come on the podcast and talk about kind of that primal drive to be the protector or provider in, in mm-hmm. the family and just sort of wondering about that there's um yeah, it sounds like you're saying there's an archetype at play yeah i mean who knows i mean there's
1: there's definitely a at some point in society at some point in the evolution of the human species um that m- men were the protectors and the providers you know that if we go right right back even before we had language um if you look at animals if you look at and essentially what we are or in animals if you look at that and say oh you know it's the nature of the species and, and to deny that exists in within human beings. And I'm not just saying it's a man thing, but denying that, that there's that drive as part of all humans. I mean, if you've got a, a mother on the podcast, I know with my, my wife um, and my ex-wife, you know, their drives around being a mother and protecting children are very, very strong, you know, and, and I think it's in that in our makeup that there's a biological aspect of being human um, that we can't deny and i think you know it, it's going to manifest and then it's magnified by a feedback loop of society so you know society is constructed in such a way that that it plays into these roles um rightly or wrongly you know? so mm-hmm. you've got to under you've got to recognize it's there without any kind of judgment of it's right or it's wrong it's just there and that's just the way we are and um sometimes it can be destructive, destruct, ah, dis, <laughs> That's the destructive. Word I mean, uh, Yeah. Um, and I, it's not only that you see it in, in when I'm coaching people as well. I see it in people that just, you know, they're driven to perform and succeed and, and push themselves and push themselves and have to be the breadwinner. And it's, it's also, you know, we see it in relationships as, at the same time. Yeah. It exists. Um, so I, mean, I don't
0: think we can die. Listening to you, Gary. I mean, particularly, I was thinking back to what you were saying about, um, you know, your your child was four, your daughter was four. When you when you split up, you took this job in Brussels. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot on your plate, and um, I was just imagining myself in that role and how um, I could have got consumed with resentment and frustration with my lot. And I wondered what happened to you. <laughs> in that period? Because it sounds mm-hmm. like you, you did have a lot on your plate. Did I get... Um,
1: I had a lot of anger about the world and, and who I was. I mean, that, but that was a lot of it was coming from my trauma of my father's death, but, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of anger and frustration. Um, and, um, I, uh, I probably played that anger out in a lot of different ways and it probably came out a lot of different ways um uh, i always remember that it's always like a we've had this kind of um rush to go go home and see my daughter and at the same time you'd spend you there would be this oh i need to get back to brussels as well and you're always caught between these two kind of polarities that you're trying to um yeah spend time but also realise you've got to come back here and then you get back here and it's like, oh, I'm going to go back there again. And um, Yeah, there's a lot of anger and frustration and not so much resentment. Um, I didn't really have much resentment about it.
0: Uh, yeah. one, one of the, I mean, it's interesting to talk about anger because um, that's definitely one of the themes I've been exploring with other dads and... Um, <laughs> Yeah. I thought we'd just sort of dive into that for, for a few minutes. Um, mm. and how are you willing to say a bit more about how anger played out in your life in, in those years or whether it does even now?
1: Um, I think back then, um, generally, I mean, anger was part of the things that drove me towards taking a lot of drugs, um, you know, uh, and, and not feeling good enough. Um, a lot of that was me, was using drugs to try and solve those problems, Um, and, um, you know, and it didn't help in my relationships either, was being angry all the time, Um, even my family relationships or my personal relationships, um, just having that amount of, you know, I had no outlet for it, Um, and uh, I didn't really kind of channel it in any way, Um, so and it was ever present under the surface. I mean, it's just, you know, snapping, irritability, um, just angry at the world, essentially. You just, you know, it's never a good thing to be, to be angry at the world Mm. because the world doesn't care. (laughs) The world doesn't care whether you're angry at it or not. So (laughs) it's just going to stay there and be as it is without you you shouting at it. It's not going to make any difference.
0: So, So what shifted it in the end
1: for you? Um, waking up, tiredness, um, getting older, uh, natural progression of life. Um, I was always, it, it, what was happening was that my relationship at the time was breaking up. Um, and then that broke up in, in Belgium just at the time that I was like, I was always in the court in this kind of, uh, Wanting to, to be more present for my daughter, but also then um, having a relationship here in Brussels that, um, if, you know, I don't want to put anything on the other person, but, you know, it wasn't the relationship wasn't really um, accepting of having my daughter in the relationship at the same time. So I was, it was kind of leading this double double life. And in the end, it was just like exhaustion. and um, I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I couldn't constantly keep the two lives separate. The relationship didn't want the daughter in. And, I, and I'm saying the relationship because I was part of the relationship. I'm not putting this on the other person. Um, you know, we were in a relationship and the relationship couldn't accept my daughter into that relationship. So we ended up, um, you know, I ended up having to live these two different lives, you know, going on two different holidays. Yeah, and, and it just got too much financially and emotionally. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And it got too much for the other person as well. So for them emotionally. So then they couldn't um, cope with it anymore either. Um, And they had their own behaviours that came up and we weren't bringing out the best in each other. And I wasn't being the best father I could be. So, you know, I decided that the relationship should end. Um, And then I was going to plan to come back to the UK. But as always, you kind of do these things late. So, you know, by the time I decided my relationship should end and I should spend more time in the UK with my daughter, my daughter's getting to 14, 15, 16, and she's like, you know, I've got my friends there don't, you know <laughs> it's getting to that time where she's like oh, I don't want to spend time with you because I want to spend time with my friends mm. uh, and you realize that you've missed it you know you're like, oh, I've missed it <laughs> you know what, like was that. The,
0: what was the impact on you there seeing that um ultimately
1: it was good ultimately it was it was a process that you know and actually seeing that i was okay and also seeing that my daughter was okay and that there was nothing wrong so i didn't have anything to be guilty for anymore um and i've just been carrying this guilt around myself for it for a long time So i just decided to 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 get rid of it and um and you know there's always this part, point um you know if fathers are listening to this you've got young children there's a point where where they have to break away from you there's a point where they, they do something and you don't see it until you've gone past it, obviously. And you look back and you go, Oh, that was it. And a couple of years ago, my my daughter did that point where she broke away from me by, um, you know, by doing something which was completely unreasonable. And, you know, she was acted out and you could tell, it's like, hold on a second. will not you just tell me the truth of what's going on here? And she wouldn't tell me the truth about, you know, why she didn't want to spend a week uh, at a holiday with me. and it was that breaking away moment. And because of that, when you see the breaking away moment, when they break away from you, it's actually a good thing. So you can break away from them at the same time. So it's not a bad thing that you have to let go of them. Um, So it was that point that I let go of it all. I just went, oh, okay, well, I don't have anything to be guilty for. You know, if my daughter can break away from me, then it means that she thinks she's ready to be an adult. So off you go. Yeah, I can't. You know, I, I've there comes a point when you realise that okay, it's done now. I'm, I've I've stopped being a a far a, a parent. I'm now just your father. I'm now just your dad, and I'm your adult father. You know, and our relationship's completely different. Um, and they have to feel the change in that relationship. They have to feel it. You can't just say to them, oh, like it's different." You just have to feel it. And she feels it. It's a different relationship now there's a different, you know, it's no longer me chasing after it. It's like, okay, I'm here. You want to come to me, come to me. You want my help. Ask me for my help. It's always available to you. I love you unconditionally, but our relationship's different. It's based on an adult-adult relationship. Um, and it's better for you and it's better for me. Um, but yeah, I kind of flagellated myself for so long and, and thought I was a bad father. And, um, in therapy, talking about being a bad father <laughs> for, for hours <laughs> That didn't help—and um, uh, yeah, then you realise, oh no, I'm not. I'm okay, and you know, I was probably good enough. And she's fine, you know, she's <laughs> she's going to university. I'm sure when she's thirty or forty, she'll have a point in therapy and be complaining about me at some level. But
0: you know. I, lo- I love what you just shared there, Gary. It's such a it's such a human story, uh, but it's also one full of wisdom as well. Mm-hmm. like seeing that moment where there is that separation something has to break apart exactly
1: some things have to be destroyed it's, uh, you know and so if there's any advice for people it's like never make sure that you know that even if you are a working father and you're working from home is that it's never more important than the moment you've got right now with your child you know, no matter what that moment is about, whether it's about joy, um, happiness, love, comforting, or it's frustration and anger, whatever. You know, there's never, never anything more important than just spending that, turning and spending that moment with your child. You know, no matter what it is, um, because there will come a point where you won't have that chance anymore. There'll become a point where it won't be there, and um, unless you're, you can come to terms with it, or you know that, oh yeah, every, t- you know, I spent that time. Um, it will be hard work for you. And, and because I'd spent the time as, you know, a lot of just me and her together, that kind of balanced things out. I was like, oh yeah, okay. But I, I spent the time, I, you know, we made sure that we had good time. I, I, you know, imparted the knowledge I could impart to her at the time, you know, the wisdom I had at the time available to her. And hopefully that's going to be enough. And you
0: know, mm. we all need to go make her own mistakes now. Um, that really struck me in, in the early part of the, of the, podcast today about how you were talking how the kind of the weekend time sharing had, had, had stopped and you'd spent mm-hmm. other spending longer chunks of time maybe i don't know if it was less frequently i, I, I imagine so and yeah. How that was kind of an, an unexpected gift in a way because mm. um you know when, when you when you shared it i really heard how much of a deep impact that made on the quality of your relationship together
1: yeah it did yeah but even now there's a there it has an impact because when she Comes and we spend time together. That you know, one of the things we always used to do was go hang out in a museum, um and so now, now that she's an adult, and you know, it's still something we'll do together. It's still like, oh, well, should we go to this museum? Together? You know, this in natural history and and um, uh, and archaeology and and that you know for, that we spent all this time together. So it's something that we've. We've kept going, um, and it's something that we still connect over today. Um, so it's it, it was yeah, it was hugely beneficial to spend that time together
0: um, mm-hmm. and and make sure that we made time for it. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you if I may about you know you lost your dad at an early age, didn't you? I think mm-hmm. you you're nine, was it? Yeah. yeah. So you know, obviously a, a devastating event for any any child to lose a father, and I wonder if that had any um, conscious impact on you in terms of how you parented? Oh God, (laughs) how long have we got? Cool. Yeah. It It was
1: because I didn't feel good enough as a father and because I'd never had a a, a father role model. um, And I was determined to do it right. Whatever that meant, because there's, he can't be the perfect father, but I just consumed it's what I do with everything. I just consumed information about it, consumed knowledge about it. You know, and I would, I would be, um, I was probably too painful because I'd be like Googling, oh um, yeah, right, my daughter's exhibiting this behavior. How do I manage this? How do I communicate with my, with my daughter? How do I do this? How do I do that? You know, how do I read? And I was reading books and, and just trying to be the best father I could be. But oh, honestly, sometimes I just went a little bit too far. Um, but it was, yeah, it was pretty much, and also, there's also this thing that's playing out in your mind about, oh, I'm I'm kind of living my father's life, so my father wasn't around when I was young, and now I'm not around, um, so you, you kind of think that you're playing out that life as well. Um, and, you know, I was just, one of the things I realised was that when she turned 16, um, was that Oh, hold on a second. You know, I've actually achieved what I set out to do, which was to be present longer than my father was present
0: you know,
1: and stop putting so much pressure on myself. Stopped putting so much pressure on myself to, to be this perfect father, you know, and just to show up how I show up um, and I just allow myself to show up and and realize that I'd, I'd obviously done it. I'd obviously gone past the age of nine a long time ago. So it wasn't such a, a big problem, but it had a massive impact because I just didn't know how to do it. But nobody knows how to do
0: it. Right, <laughs> so, the thing isn't it? Nobody, yeah. no, whether they've had a dad around or a mum around, yeah, no, exactly, nobody knows yeah. how to do it. I mean, you have, you know, and sometimes the blueprint of what you had isn't.
1: Yeah, a, yeah. A great I, I talk to my cousins about it. You know, one cousin would be like, "Oh, yeah, but my father, you know, wasn't great." And you, know, you, you always know what you don't want. Yeah. So if people look at me and not having a father and they probably had a very destructive father or something like that, they're like, well, you were lucky you, you didn't have mine. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I'd rather have had one than not had one. Yeah. So it's, you know, everybody's always, um, they always, they always understand what they don't want. Yeah. They always know what they, they don't true. want, but not what they do want. And so it was a big, it was a big drive for me as, um, uh, you know, not having a father around was, was something that that I make sure that I you know I show up as a father. Um, you know, even for my stepson now, and that that's a gift now to have my stepson at, at this part of my life. You know, as my move into my second act type thing is having a um, my stepson around is uh, you know is something that I take great pleasure in and great joy in.
0: I was going to ask you about that, because I thought, you know you you've got a relationship with this uh, this boy who's who's now your stepson mm-hmm. and um I have not think've spoken to anybody in that position yet on the podcast, so I'd love to hear how you know what the process has been for you to sort of develop a relationship with him and and what's played out from your own experience of being a dad to your daughter that you're now bringing into that relationship. Um, the first thing to say in in whatever in this relationship, if
1: you're in a relationship with with um, somebody who's got their own child and you're coming in as a father, a stepfather, or a father figure, is one is never to to deny the fact they have the, the child has a father, no matter how present that father is in in their life. You know, is that you're not a replacement for that person's father. You know, um, you might be ninety nine percent of a replacement depending on the context of that, but you're never the hundred percent replacement. Um, and the second thing is is that um uh it's like any relationship you've got to work at it you've got to you've, you've got to come in and
0: but also understand that it's a child and a child is mm-hmm. beams away and like you
1: can as an adult so it's and also the third thing is is you're as as involved as a mother allows you to be yeah so I couldn't be as bold as I can with my stepson without the permission of my uh, of his mother. You know, his mother decides how much she wants me in, in his life, and that's her choice, not mine. Um, and I was lucky that that um, my wife, you know, wanted me to to take a role which was a, a father figure type role. But also, his father lives very close to us. Um, and again, lucky enough that that relationship, um, had moved to a point where they were very friendly with each other. Um, and you know, I get on with his with his father and we've, we've, we've played golf together and we've gone and, you know, we even spent time together on holiday for a couple of days when we were handing over, uh, my stepson to, to, to him. And, and, um, so I was lucky that way, but in terms of the way to do it is that, yeah, you just have to love them. Um. And you have to love them unconditionally, um, and you have to meet them on their terms. When when you're coming in as a step parent, you've got to you know you've got to um, you've got to set your own boundaries. You've got to be able to you know you know there's things that he doesn't get away with with me that he probably gets away with his mother, but he knows that he's never going to get away with me. And and I've set my own boundaries. And if there's anything coming from being a parent already, it was understanding that was like you know i'm already ahead on these ways but equally you can't come in as a parent and say oh i know everything because i've already done it once and i had a little bit of that at the beginning i was like oh this will be easy you know i've already parented a nine-year-old but not forgetting that i actually wasn't present 100 percent of the time and boys and girls are different and so you know there's a lot of energy so one of the first things we did was like you need to go play rugby uh, <laughs> And put him in a team sport but then yeah you've got to you've got to meet them at their, you've got to meet them where they are and you've got to love them you know unconditionally like you love your own child unconditionally um and you've got to respect their space and they've got to respect your space um and what i find easy with children is that you know they're just creation aren't they they're just this wonderful creative force and you you just you can be yourself around them and you just allow them to be themselves. Um, and so it's been, it's been nice. And I'm blessed that, that I'm with um, somebody who wants me to be a hundred percent involved. And I'm blessed that um, his father um, holds no resentment about me being involved and showing up the way that I show up. Um, you know, he doesn't put any kind of block between me and Danny. He doesn't put anything that, that, that says, oh, you know, um, I don't get any of that vibe from him whatsoever. He's, he's like, Oh, great. There's somebody else. You know, there's somebody else that can take care because you know, there's that African saying, is it that African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah? You know, the more people around him that love him and the more people that are coming from love, uh, the more secure and safe he's going to feel. So, um, you know, it's, it's a privilege being a step-parent because you get a slightly different relationship. Cause I don't, you know, I can be, I can be the friend a little bit, you know, I can be the mate. Um, but you know, I don't have the baggage that the, the mm-hmm. a parent has.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Is, of, is. I wanted to ask you a little bit, sort of speaking back towards kind of business and, um, mm-hmm. kind of career and, you know, you, you were very open at the start about, Kind of the ups and downs, and you've had a very, mm-hmm. varied career. You know, you've been out in the Middle East, you've been in the Air Force, you've been in engineering, in car engineering, you've been in bid writing, and now you're a, you're a coach and a yoga teacher. And um, you know, the, the sense I had, Gary, from is kind of the early part of the career, particularly when you were involved in sort of supporting your child and sending maintenance, was that I mean, there was, a, there was a pressure, wasn't there, to mm-hmm. um, to to generate money uh, at that time of your life. And I was just wondering how things are playing out now, because just before the week we started hitting record, you were telling me how, you know, this last few months have been the kind of most creatively um, abundant for you in Mm -hmm. the work for for a long time. And uh, yeah, I just love to hear about that shift and how that's playing out in your, in in your family life as well. Um,
1: Yeah. So the shift has been that I am, Yeah. once it also goes back to 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 my daughter becoming an adult and and seeing that oh well if you're free i'm free Mm. so yes and um the because of that change it some of it is like well i can go and you know i can go and be me now as well i get to live my life i get to to live it how i want to live it um within sort of you know reasons and and constraints that you have but there was definitely a kind of a a click of like oh I can I can live the life that I want to live um I can you know I can start to, to be myself a little bit um and so that was one sort of shift um then you know having coming to a a realization myself and, uh, about my own spirituality, my own connection with my higher power, my own, um, my own journey, my own path, you know, having that realization as well, um, really kicked in. It's just been a, a space of, of me just getting better and better and better and growing as well. And, you know, my, my stepson and my daughter have been part of that personal growth. They've always been the thing that have helped me, move that one step forward, further forward so you know it's also them helping me now as well you know my my daughter is very supportive of of um, you know the changes that i've made in the past few um, years i mean she's seen me through a phase of my life where i've been a militant atheist and now i'm coming back to spirituality and i'm coming back to having a connection to a higher power and um i'm you know i'm talking about that in my work and my work is becoming about that and far from her sort of going. oh i thought you were, you know this was this is not the dad i know she's like great you know you're much happier and and um more present and more joyful than you've ever been so she's she's very supportive of it um and now it's now because you know there's a lot going on in my life i'm doing a lot of things um but equally um there's no pressure anymore because I understand that the pressure is not generated by me. I not generated by, um, is generated by me. It's not generated by everything outside of me. So now, yeah, you get stressed. It's like, well, what's the rush? You know, I've got all the time in the world. So sure. Most of my, you know, my mornings are, I don't start work really until half eight, nine o'clock. There's none of this push of like, I've got to be up at five o'clock. You know, I don't start until half eight, nine o'clock. And I really finish about four or five o'clock and, and then I'm done and that's okay for me and Wednesdays my stepson comes home and we he spends the afternoon here so I don't really get um too much sort of done in terms of uh you know being able to to do anything outside of the of working from home but now it's now it's just yeah it's just it's just creation for the sake of creation it's like oh let's see if this works let's let's start something and see where it goes and and not putting so much pressure on myself for it to to mean anything or do anything. Um, Obviously it's got to earn money, um, but there's no, there's no desire anymore to, to, to be successful, whatever that means. There's no desire to, 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 to do something to make it mean something about me, but there's the desire now to create things and give back and say, right. Okay. I spent a lot of my life um, kind of not being who I wanted to be and denying that fact and and having, because of my own choices to to live in a world of engineering. I mean, I was a good engineer, I didn't enjoy it. I was a good project manager, didn't enjoy it. Um, I was doing it just because I had to do it um, and so now it's my time to to do stuff I want to do, and so I'm doing stuff I want to do and, you know, and doing it at my own pace and it's it's nice. There's no pressure anymore to do anything. It's just a let's create something and let's see where it goes, and and allow it to to create itself. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. It's much more fun than than it's ever been. Uh, it's much more freeing to to be here than it's ever been before. Even when I was starting my own companies, and I thought that was that was going to be the company that was going to take me places, but it
0: wasn't. So, yeah. It's interesting to hear that because I think, um, you know, the the focus of the podcast is, is entrepreneur dads. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, myself included, I've been there where, um, I got, my identity was very attached to my success. Mm. Um, I felt very up when things were going well and I felt very down when things, um, I felt very down when things weren't, weren't going well. and, And, uh, uh, who I was, I believe, you know, was very much determined by, by that measure of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people are driven in that way who, who set up a business and, and want to see something made of it. Um, you know, you've talked about some kind of being freer. Now your daughter's turned 18 and it's your time and you've talked about your spiritual awakening, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about that sort of letting go of the need for success. Because I think that would speak to a lot of people
1: yeah so I mean what to say about it I mean it's it's the search isn't it it's the it's the seeking something outside of yourself to make yourself feel whole and complete um, and not understanding that you are you're the source of it anyway it's all here um, in the moment um, and you know what does it mean to be successful yeah, I mean the, I realized the other day it's only been a couple of months ago I was like oh you know, I don't want anything because everything I want, I have, it's, it's right here, you know, and everything I have, I must want. So I don't want anything. And it's, it's interesting to be in a position where you don't want anything else, but it's from that position that you start to get things that you want. <laughs> I don't want this, but it's starting to, it's, it kind of creates itself because you're not putting any pressure of, of defining where it needs to go. And you're allowing it to unfold, and you're allowing things to go. And of course, it's important to have some idea of a vision. You know, yeah, I kind of would like a life like this, but it's more based not on material success. It's more based on a feeling. It's like, yeah, what would it feel like to have a life like, like, like this? What would it feel like? And what's important to me? Well, it's important to me to spend time with my family. So how do I create something that allows me to spend time with my family? Yeah. It's important for me to be able to travel because I have family in the the Southern Hemisphere. I have family in the UK. We have family in Ireland. We have distributed family in America, you know, and we want to be able to spend time with them. So it's, how do we create something that's going to meet that need? You know, this is what it becomes about. I think a lot of people maybe create a business. like, Oh, they create it to make money. Well, a business is going to make money because that's the way it's, you know, that's what a business is. It's, it's a tool for generating money. But, you've got to ask yourself the question, well, you know, what do I want the business for? You know, what is it for me? You know, what do I want to do with it? What do I want to create with it? What purpose or need or desire in myself do I want to serve? Um, that isn't about success or money or the amount of cars I can buy or the amount of people I'm, you know, um, uh, that work for me. It It becomes about something bigger than that. So it's, it becomes something about, oh, well, what can I do that can give back? What can I do that, that helps me create? What can I do that also can allow me to be selfish to say, yeah, I want to be able to take Wednesday afternoons off. <laughs> you know, I want to be able to go, yeah, you know what? We're going to go away for the weekend. Yeah, you know, it, it's not shameful to have those kinds of desires or wants in your life. You know, it's not shameful to want a certain level of comfort in your life and a certain level of, of financial comfort and security. Those things are Okay. So to be okay with all of it and say, you know, what what is what need does the business serve? Because it's for me, and for me, my business and the stuff I'm building now is so I can start to get to a point where I'm pretty much have multiple incomes and I'm I'm financially secure and I've got time, because time is the one thing we don't have. So, you know, the only way I can get it is by um, remove being using the business and finances in a way that, that I don't have to spend time working. Um, I can allow, get other people to do it. And then I can spend time with my, my family and I can spend time with my friends and I can spend time, you know, chilling out. And if anything, my father's death taught me was that, yeah, you know, it can change like that. So, you know, why are you struggling so much? Just, um, focus on the, focus on, on, getting yourself to a point that, that you can spend more time with your, with the things, people that matter in your life and forget about the material side of it. And the success will take care of itself that way. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's, to hold on that's, to it. that's so great what you've just been sharing. And kind of the thing that was in my mind when I was listening to you was, oh, yeah, and your well-being isn't dependent yeah. on getting any of those things, right? No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah none, of, none of my well-being
1: is dependent on you know, any of those Things and um, you know, not on getting a certain level of of financial return or or anything like that. My well being is dependent on nothing outside of myself. So you know, no matter what's going on, it's I'm always healthy and I'm always okay and I'm always mentally um, uh, sound. I'm always you know complete. Um, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. And that just takes so much pressure off. You know? It's just like, oh, okay. Well, it, it then allows me to be able to show up. However, I can show up because some days you show up and you know it's not great, is it? You know, so you just show up with what you've got. Um, and the next day you show up better. And another day it's somewhere in the middle, but it's all okay. Um, it's much. I think that's the thing that maybe it's also an age thing. But you see, sort of, yeah, people rushing around and trying to do things well, I've, got to do, I've, got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do, and it's – no, you can just take a step back and just take it slower and easier because you don't have time anyway, so there's no rush. So you, know, you might as well enjoy it <laughs> rather than um, put yourself under so much pressure.
0: Mm, brilliant. I love that message. It's been fantastic having this conversation with you, Gary. Thanks so much. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, uh, It's been lovely. Thanks. And uh, if people want to find out more about you, where do they? Where sure.
1: Um, well, they can reach me at... Um, uh activate hyphen your life.com so that's my coaching business um they can also find me at uh, you have been looking for.com which is a new podcast that's coming out soon um and yeah just search gary Bridgman. and i'm i come up top of the search yay <laughs> result <laughs> result yeah um <laughs> it used to be a cyclist it used to be a mountain biker but I. Oh, okay him. right yeah. <laughs> You, you've trumped you've trumped excellent yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, my own um, head of my own search uh, yeah you know I'm around
0: people can find me brilliant I'll, I'll put the links in the, in the show notes as well great it's been space, great spending time with you Gary thanks again and you Matt thanks a lot